0: so this morning I'd like to introduce working with emotions and thoughts or ways and tools through the practice to work with them can be really helpful especially um when we get into territories that are difficult conversations in our own minds experiences in the world to have a wise relationship to this mind, this heart emotions and thinking completely normal, completely human, and how to work with these very vibrant, alive, exciting, important elements of being in this form. And oftentimes you'll hear us talking about being with, staying with, sometimes letting go. So I'd like to, as clearly as possible, guide us with some ideas that might be helpful. So I'm not going to download all that up front We'll just deliver as we go. And first doing what you've been doing the last day, day and a half of arriving and settling, landing, in this body so again knowing that there is a body however you have been landing you are invited to continue to do that whether it's through contact points, breathing. I know some of you are doing body scan. So whatever it is that helps you land, whatever your anchor is, we might call it, your home base. Feel free to take a few moments. feeling the sensations of this body. And seeing if for right now, before we expand out, if this body is experiencing ease or pain, warmth, vibration, heat coolness how do we know that? what's telling us that? what's the direct experience of warmth of coolness of pain even A tightness, a throb, a tenderness, allowing it to be experience as experience without judging it, without trying to get rid of it, maybe even being a little curious. What is this and how do I know? knowing this body intimately, not through the mind, but from the messages it's giving us right here. and then that's a good reference point when we're working with thoughts and emotions or citta, oftentimes the two are put together as citta, heart-mind. Checking in right now to your overall, we could call it mood, your overall state and we give it a conceptual name because that's how we operate so maybe it's tiredness or torpor, so the tiredness of the mind what does that experience feel like in the body maybe that's a heaviness in the eyes a weight in the shoulders a dullness in the mind whatever sleepiness or sloth or torpor is for you maybe your experience is overall peacefulness of the mind and the heart of the chitta. how do you know what is the direct experience of peacefulness or ease where in your sensory body do you experience that without it being a concept Same with anger or fear or grief or lust or any kind of energy, mood, mind state, heart state. How do I know? How do my stories affect my sensory body how does my sensory body affect my mind, my story? And really paying attention to the interplay, the connectedness of the (coughs) systems. They move together, they work together. Subtly noticing the beginning of a thought and what that does to your heart or your belly or your palms or your jaw or your forehead. and seeing how curious you can be. Wow, this is how I work when I slow it down. What's next? Not needing to make anything happen. But observing how this heart-mind-body system works, just sitting here. And if you find something very difficult that arises, something that isn't quite ready to be met or seen, it's okay to take a break and maybe open your eyes, look around, look out the window, orient to where you are. And then maybe just put a baby toe back in and check it out if it feels okay, if it feels safe. So knowing that you, you are in charge of your practice. Moving with sound, breath, body. Chitta. And if it's all moving too fast, come back to your anchor. Come back to contact points, come back to the beginning land again. working with um, thoughts and emotions in our practice can truly be transformative and when we look at um, the difference between when we talk about the word wisdom typically that means smarts right, or intellect got a lot of stuff going on up here but when we're looking at it through the lens of practice, it's a broader understanding of seeing things as they are, seeing things as impermanent, seeing things as not personal, right? Who in this room has felt fear before? who has felt sadness, who has felt grief, who has felt loneliness, who has felt, you can just keep your hand up, you know, because it's, it's, these are not personal. Seeing that, yes, sometimes things are really hard in this body, in this mind, seeing the truth of dukkha. This is the wisdom that we're pointing to. Not about figuring it out. Not if I can plan myself out of this emotion. When I leave here, I'm going to tell this person off and then it'll all be better, right? Or I'll fix, I'll quit that job or I'll move or I'll something. Our mind wants to be our best personal assistant ever and work it all out for us. But when we're here on the cushion, working with emotions and the mind, the permission, the ask is to not need to do that. Is to really say, wow, fear, okay, fear. You know, for me, the big one was loneliness. Loneliness. Loneliness ran my life. It had me doing things that made my life much worse. Friendships and relationships. Trying to get away from that experience, the emotion, the feeling of loneliness. And then when I came to the practice and started exploring, OK, where does loneliness live? How do I know I'm lonely, besides these actions that I just do? Ah, lonely. Well, emptiness right here. Heaviness in my heart. Maybe some fatigue. And then there's some fear with that, right? So this exploration, this investigation, this curiosity, what actually is loneliness? Or what you can fill in the blank, you know, for yourself. And once I started to see the qualities of that, the impetus to make it go away wasn't there because I—it it was, it was fine, you know? It it felt kind of warm. It actually felt kind of beautiful. I was learning to know myself. I was learning to see myself. And so this is the quality of emotions. And then what happened for me, the transformation happened. I could trust that loneliness, which felt very scary to me, and I no longer needed to act out. So we learned to trust, experience, and then we see it pass and it might arise again and maybe it'll look different next time and have a different story with it but it's not so personal it's loneliness here it is so just the encouragement to let yourself this morning um, for the sitting periods before lunchtime kind of kind of explore explore mindfulness of emotions and thoughts we're going to have a little time for questions too so if you um, have a question actually let's do that now and then I'll make the announcements I need to make just have a couple minutes for anything that anyone wants to bring up also know that at the next walking period um, so if you don't want to ask it in the large hall, um, if it feels intimidating, at the 9.30 walking period, we are, people can stay in this room, um, and we'll stay and we'll answer um, you know, any practice questions you have. We're not going to solve the world's problems this morning, but um, we're happy to talk about how we can work with what goes on for us. Please. What does it mean to trust loneliness? Is the question. So, um, thank you for asking. Good question. Less, less the trusting of the loneliness than the trusting that my system is okay experiencing it. That my system, my heart, my mind my belly, all the places that I thought that I could not stay with loneliness. The trust came from going, oh, I can stay. Okay. Yeah, this is hard. I'm uncomfortable. I don't love this. I don't like it. But the alternative is worse. And when I say that, I just mean the behaviors that came out of the loneliness, right? Like the grasping or clinging to something else, whether it's food or people or shopping or whatever it ends up being. So the trusting is more of this system that when that particular emotion arises, uh, so is your question different from that? Okay, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> um, in my mind. And, and what you were saying about like getting to know that, like figuring out how to work with a teenager that you never have met before and they have this whole past and hmm. does it get easier? Hmm. So the comment is that they feel as though coming to mindfulness was like adopting a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> So it's a, a, a being that you don't know at all and then suddenly here they are and, and does it get easier? <laughs> figure them out. Yeah, trying to figure them out. Yeah, and oftentimes, I mean, that's the tragic but true state for most people. You know, these automatons moving around the planet trying to earn money and succeed and power and, you know, sometimes just survival um, and oftentimes we don't know we don't know this beingness and like I said we take it all personally so the deep understanding of how this system works I mean physiologically and again this is one of the great explorations is we'll note okay a thought arises right? so a thought arises this teenager arises and then, and then what happens? oh, you know, I'm upset at this teenager. So the thought moves into our body. It over, overtakes us. And then this, this part we can't handle too much. So then it comes back into the thought. How can I figure it out? Then it comes back to ah, figuring it out makes me so anxious and worried and exhausted. And then I feel exhaustion and worry. And then that moves into another thought. I can't do this. Right? And so there's this amazing interplay. And it's, and it's, um, yes, it gets easier to answer your question, but it's not because we become less human. It's not because pain and suffering goes away. That's the first noble truth. There is, there is. Old age, sickness, and death is here. Getting what we don't want and not getting what we do want is here the part that gets easier is the understanding like I was saying, the wisdom of, of seeing that that's, that's true. Right? So getting to know that teenager instead of you know sending them away putting them in their room because the behavior is unacceptable it's affecting me is pulling them in and holding them close and saying, Tell me about yourself. Who are you? What do you need? Right? And this is what this is what starts to get easier. There isn't the rejection. You know, we abandon ourselves all the time. I don't like how you're behaving right now. I don't like how you look. I don't like what you're doing, what you say, you know. And like Vinny often points to, it's this project of what like, Hating yourself into loving yourself or something like that?
1: becoming a better person.
0: Yeah, hating yourself into becoming a better person. So when when I hear the word easier, what it is is it's more real. It has more flavor. You know, it's the difference between a stew that's been cooking for a whole day versus an instant pack of cup of noodles or something i don't know <laughs> i don't know where that came from but that's what it feels like <laughs> so there's a richness there's an aliveness there's an energy there's a yeah i don't know if that's helpful it's just from my experience please It's mm-hmm. a good one. Does, does some, do you want to answer that? I mean, I'm happy to keep talking, but. Please. Me? Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> so, how do you square that understanding with forgiveness? Uh, that kind of like understanding and forgiveness? With accountability. Okay. How do you square that understanding and forgiveness with accountability? That's a good question. I feel like you're all question, asking questions that I've lived through, so that makes it easier for me. So, right, so coming to the understanding. Maybe behaviors were harmful, right, to self or others. Or in some way, you know, it's not developmentally feeding our growth. And then suddenly we see it. <laughs> we know it. And... Um, it, uh, there are these two phrases, hiri and otapa. Hiri and otapa, hiri otapa. Um, hiri is sort of this very healthy sh- shame. It, it would be one of the translations. So healthy in the way that, oh, I've seen it. Now I can see it. right? So that's a good, that's a good thing, that we can now see, oh, I have, I have caused harm. I have maybe been living in a way that isn't in alignment with the direction I'm going. And Utpa is the experience um, in a very brushstroke way of noticing how it impacts other people. You know, so this, the internal arising of, oh, yuck, and then seeing this world that we're living in and how our actions affect that once we've seen it clearly, again, going back to this wisdom piece of clear seeing, then we can move forward in whatever way we need to, in whatever skillful. And sometimes, you know, one of the Ajahn Chah um, phrases is, there's a suffering that leads to more suffering, and there's a suffering that leads to the end of suffering and so it's sort of like when we ma- when we're making changes and especially if maybe there's some radical changes that we need to make in our behavior or our lifestyle or something like that not saying it's easy there still might be discomfort and suffering in it but it's at it's to the to the point of the eradication or the liberation from that habit pattern behavior system way of being so the forgiveness piece for me comes from yes, there's no rearview mirror I can't, I can't fix what's behind me what I can do is the commitment to not doing it again right and that's how I can forgive myself is by saying wow that super sucked, I wish I didn't do that and then okay, let's, let's Joanna work on not doing that again and then forgiveness feels real. Because forgiveness doesn't look real if you're like, ah, oh, I'm sorry. And then, I'm sorry. And then, right? It's kind of um, just words. So, yeah, this is that helpful? Okay. Did you want to add something? Can
1: I ask into that question? I just want to ask one thing. Um, so, that was internal accountability. Was that the what the question was about? Yeah, because it's different when it's external, right? When we're trying to figure out how to get somebody to take accountability for something they've done to us, is a very different kind of process, right? And how I, I've been in this one a lot, so um, how to distinguish who we're actually letting off the hook (laughs) you know because externally if i put some conditions on my forgiveness for a person they still have all the power right they can have the power to either let me out of that prison or not let me out of that um, that binding that happens with non-forgiveness so that's what i was asking um about and drawing this distinction between allowing someone back in our house and back in our heart are really different things, right? And I found that very helpful um, in terms of uh, what Joanna was saying, which was so beautiful. I love what you're saying, Joe, because for me, it was like, can I see that anything that I've done, I've done out of, any harm that I've done, I've done out of ignorance. And I was just trying to get my needs met. And maybe it was in unskillful ways that I can own and that I could uh, really go deeper, as Joanna was saying, to the reasons. What need was I trying to get met here? What really was prompting these actions? And that way we can go to the underlying problem and not just the surface acting out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Okay, that'll be um, it for questions right here. 9.30, like I said, we'll um, stay in here and do more for whoever would like to. It's not uh, mandatory. Um, A couple announcements. One, is there, is a schedule shift in the afternoon? So after lunch, you'll notice the schedules change. We'll be together for a block of time in the hall. Um, and that was when I was saying there 'll be these intentional, um, interactive um, relational pieces now, like i said it 's not a bunch of chatting and talking it's not it 's not free form you know it's it 's very intentional and there 's actually not a whole lot of talking. Um, we are going to be looking at why speech and and going back into into talking because you 'll be doing that <laughs> coming up. Um, but just some ways to engage especially these emotional and mental experiences and how sometimes we get really good at it you know we can actually go oh that's cool I understand I see the system work and then the second we're in front of somebody else um, it's just poof you know gone so it's a good way to practice intentionally with others Um, so that's what we'll be doing uh obviously it snowed last night and it's still I'm just I'm from LA so I think this is called sleet or something like that it's a wet snow (laughs) and apparently that can be somewhat dangerous if we're not careful (laughs) Vinny got snowed in this morning the teacher cottages are a little bit of a drive away and so (laughs) he had to shovel himself out But behind the dorms and in the woods, this sleet (laughs) can get very, very, very slippery. And we don't often see it. We can't see it. Um, And unless, you know, so we're not going to say, for those of you who are, who know this weather well and have your equipment with you and really want to and love to be out in it, that's okay. If you just have a pair of vans and a, you know... (laughs) Flannel, don't go. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: So be wise with that, you know, because, yeah, we want you all to be okay, and we've had some injuries here in the past couple years. Um, So be very careful and cautious with that. Um, Yeah, that's beautiful as it is. I saw somebody just sitting out front like they were sunbathing this morning. I thought that was beautiful. That was nice. Um, yeah and that's, that's all I've got take care of yourselves I know some people are getting a little sick including myself so drink a lot of water and the cough and sneeze into the elbow you all know that one right wash your hands a lot and uh, yeah, enjoy your walking period um, maybe inside and anyone who wants to stay can stay. We'll do a little bit
1: of a stretch break because I need to be back in five.